Welcome in to the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio. 12.20 a.m., 93.5 FM, and you can always find us online worldwide at SEMOESPN.com. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer, Jess Bolin, inviting you to join us here in the huddle. Here's our huddle hotline number. It is 573-334-1220. 573-334-1220. The huddle hotline powered by EBO. MD. It's Monday. That means the Monday Marty party. The Love Shack Marty Michelle will stop by a little bit later on in the show. Catch up with him. Jess Bolin in the house. How was uh, how was the weekend at the uh, Bolin compound? It was good. Um, anytime you got a lot of football to watch or sports, blues. You watched some football? <laughs> yeah, I, I watched some football. Uh, and you remember me saying, and roll back the tape, please. We're rolling it. That the Blues would have a winning streak, six or eight games. Ah, you said eight or nine games. Okay, eight or nine Let's roll it back. And now they're sitting at five. Five in a row. three big road wins. I mean, anytime you go on the road, it's a great win. But beat some good team, Vancouver. They're a good team. uh, But anyway, sports went my way except... Except Detroit. I wanted Detroit to win. And, you know, Eric. They should have won. I want to do a little capsule report on Detroit. For one thing, they couldn't catch a pass second half. And Jared Goff played okay, but you can't make the guy catch the ball. They were catching those same balls in the first half. But this coaching, and I understand that Campbell does this all the time, fourth and Go, you know, fourth and goal or fourth and something, he's going to go for it more than anybody in the NFL. Would you agree? I would. He's getting crushed today. Yeah. Well, there's two field goals that he turned away. One in the first half when they, they remember they was uh, goaling four, four or five yard line and he went for the touchdown and can uh, they took over the ball, San Francisco on the four or five, something like that. And then in the second half, this was what I thought was critical. San Francisco got the ball first, and they did go down and score, but they held. Detroit held, and they got a field goal. You remember that? And then here comes Detroit. They're at the 21, 23-yard line, somewhere in there, and it's fourth and four or fourth and five. Seven minutes left in the third period. I'm sitting there looking at it. I said, take the field goal take the field goal. The reason why is because fourth down is hard to do when it's four or five yards. You know that. And then San Francisco was not the same team in the second half defensively. They geared it up, and it, it's hard to get. <laughs> You've done a lot of games. It's hard to get four or five when you have to do it or turn the ball over. It really is. But anyway, he goes for it, fourth and five, I think it was, or fourth and four, and he could have got a field goal. And the reason why I wanted him to go for the field goal was they had a 17-point lead at halftime. You played eight minutes into the third period. And if you kick that field goal, the third period with seven minutes to go would have been the same score it was at halftime. You'd be 17 ahead. Three scores. But they didn't do it. Here's the thing that's confusing to me. Right before the end of the half, fourth down, What does he do? He brings the field goal unit on. They kick the field goal and go up 17. And then in the third quarter, a chance to go back up 17. That's what I'm talking about. And he passed it over. So what's different than at the end of the half to go up three scores versus the third quarter to go back up by three scores? I think some of What's different? That's his theory. That's his theme. That's his... uh, Mojo, that that's what he's noted for fourth down. You know, and this, I I think some of it's that. But when you can kick a field goal in the second half, and it, you can check this out, I roll it back and look at it and stuff like that. Seven minutes left in the third period, and you could be up seventeen again. If I mean, assuming he makes the field goal, but you know, most kickers in the NFL can make a. See, I'd be a third. 
probably a 42-yard field goal. I just didn't get it. I shook my head then. I said, hey, boy, you might regret that one. And I'm the, here's the way I feel about it. Fourth down, hey, I believe in going on fourth down a lot. If it's fourth and one and you're at the other team's 40 or 35, 40, yeah. Because if you punt it, you're only going to gain that the most at the one-yard line. When you, That's the most you could gain if you're kicking, punting from your the, the other team's 35 or 40, you're not going to gain a lot. But that fourth down could be made. So, But not fourth and five, fourth and six. Fourth, I just don't buy that. That's that's overhead coaching. But let's be fair. The pass was perfect to Josh Reynolds on fourth and three, and he dropped it. And then late in the game, third and ten, right in his hands again, same yeah. guy, Josh Reynolds, drops the football. That's why I say it's not Jared Goff's fault. You know, all you can do is throw the pass. Another team can't catch it. But anyway, I, that was a disappointment to me. And and you know, in my whole life of coaching, and I hate to say this because it it, it looks a little fanatical, sounds a little fanatical, probably. I would go home and dissect every game. I'd replay every game, win or lose, and I always wanted to know. What was the breaking point in that game? What was the pendulum swing that changed the entire game in my favor or theirs? And in that moment, to late yesterday, I said, this is the moment right now. And not that the field goes so big, but you kill eight minutes off the clock. And that's what you're doing, aren't you? With a 17-point lead second half, you're trying to get that game over. Let the clock run, move it on. You got eight minutes into the third period. And you don't take the three. He's getting roasted today. Uh, well, he should. Because what did he lose by? Three. You know, you... I'm sorry. What if Josh I, What if Josh Reynolds catches both of those balls? Yeah, it's good. I understand that. But you had the field goal. You had three. Hey, I subscribe almost exclusively... To the quote from Vince Lombardi, the great Vince Lombardi, fourth down in field goal range, take the points, son. I agree. Take the points, son. It's just like baseball. My theory always was if I got a four-run lead in his fifth or sixth inning, I got a man on second, I may sack him to third. I I may sack him to third. Reason why is... It's so devastating when you're already trailing for the other team to score again. I thought I could break the will of a team or something. You'll just keep pounding on scoring in multiple innings, that kind of thing. And I was, I'll have to admit, coaching, I was all in every game. I mean, you know, they say you burn out if you do that. But I didn't, I just couldn't help it i i sit there and my whole mind was racing when the game started how am i going to do this what am i going to do here and sure you make wrong decisions everybody does and but then i go home and usually i'd go down in the basement sit down and to kind of go over the game and where i blew it where what mistake i made at the key time of the game and I sat there yesterday, and nobody in the room but me. And I sat there. I said, "Take the field goal, take the field goal, because you got the score exactly what it was at halftime, and you kill eight minutes." But I'm not going to say that again. I've said it a couple times. But you always look back. I think you look back on your losses more than you do your wins. But that was a game that Detroit, I think, should have won. And there are more reasons for locals to root for the Detroit Lions than just their beleaguered fan base who hasn't won anything forever. 1957, they were great in the 50s. They won a couple of NFL championships pre-Super Bowl era. Sam Laporta, their starting tight end, Highland, Illinois, St. Louis area. Jamison Williams, Cardinal Ritter, St. Louis. Jack Fox, their great punter, St. Louis, Ledoux High School. I mean, you got several local guys, St. Louis area guys on that Detroit Lions team. 
And after the game, obviously, the questions for Dan Campbell or Dan Gamble, he was certainly gambling yesterday, uh, this is how he responded. Yeah, I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know. And it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but, you know, we just, just didn't work out. Wanted to get the momentum back, man. You're up 14 points, chance to go up 17. It wasn't uh, hindsight by most people that's criticizing or asking about it today. I, I said it before anything happened, before anything happened. Because I knew he was probably going to go for it, and I thought, "Oh boy, get restore the lead you had." And I was, I was disgusted when they went for it and didn't make it. Of course, if you make it, it looked like you said it looks great. But Kansas City did the. You know, here's the thing: I got four words for both of these games, and both of these games, four words tells the story. I think, and I think you'll agree. Been there, done that. And you know what I mean. These two teams that Kansas City played, they were underdogs. San Francisco was not an underdog, but they were trailing bad. But they've been there. They've been to the Super Bowl. They've been there in in high-intensity games. Kansas City, they've been to the Super Bowl, I guess, more than anybody else in the last decade. They've been there. They've done it. They were mass underdogs, as you know, in that game. I think most people would have said they're, they're going to get beat. But Patrick Mahomes and those receivers that I criticized early in the year, I'm bad. I remember I, uh, Tony and some of those guys, Rice, I th- dropping balls. I said, you know, because I, I didn't like the way it made Kansas City and, and Patrick Mahomes look. He was throwing the ball. They just couldn't catch it. But they had all turned around in the playoffs. Scanlon made a great catch yesterday. Remember that one? And, and so He made the game ceiling catch. On third down, they, they got the first yeah. down. Then they could run the clock out. So Kansas City, been there, done that. They don't panic in situations. I thought their defense was outstanding, Kansas City, yesterday. Steve Spagnolo was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. That defense, nobody has done that to the Baltimore Ravens. And I don't want to hear any more from ESPN's Ryan Clark or ESPN's Robert Griffin III that if I question Patrick Mah- or if I question Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, that I'm a racist. That's what they say. Yeah, that's exactly what they say. What did I say on this show? I've said it several times in the postseason. Late in the game, he has to take his team down the field. He has to stand in the pocket and make a throw. I don't know if he can do it. What happened? Stood in the pocket, made a throw, threw into triple coverage in the end zone, intercepted. There wasn't even a chance that ball was going to be caught. There was Kansas City Chiefs on the side and a Kansas City Chief player in the front. I'm sorry. I said it ahead of time. I just want to know if he could stand in the pocket in a big spot in a playoff game and make a throw. I and, totally, and the answer to me still is no. I totally agree. And and to think that there's a, a duo batter, maybe in history, maybe, maybe Jerry Rice. Yeah, but Rice did it with two quarterbacks. He did it with Montana and Young. But Kelsey, yesterday, 11 targets, 11 catches, over 100 yards. If you I'm pass, sorry. They make the big play. If you pass Jerry Rice on any all-time list... That is unbelievably great, 
And now he has caught more passes in the playoffs than any other player passing the great Jerry I mean, some of those Jerry passes runs. weren't on the money. You know that. I remember one. Uh, how about the diving play that he made yeah. to get him out of trouble on third I down? I remember one catch he made. He had twist all the way around to his right because the ball was behind him. He, they just make the plays. And that's why Kansas City going to Super Bowl again. I don't care whether you like them or you, you like them or don't like them. I re- like I said on this show a hundred thousand times, I respect excellence in any sport. I don't care what it is. Somebody goes out there and performs, scores sixty points in a basketball game, or or just you know breaks a record for the uh, pole vault. Any, I don't care what it is in any sport. I respect it. And Kansas City, no matter what you want to think, when push comes to shove, that team responds under pressure. And Patrick Mahomes, again, don't tell me that Jackson's better than him or not. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, period. You don't need to say anything else. He's just the best. And Why do you hate Baker Mayfield? If he wins another Super Bowl in two weeks, like what we talked about yesterday, I mean, yesterday, our last show, was, is this a dynasty? They win three, it is. I think so, too. Three, it'd be three out of four years, wouldn't it? Three out of five. Three out of five years. I think you'd have to say, yes, it is. Now, whether they they do it, they ain't won a Super Bowl yet. I still, I'll take the Chiefs over over San Francisco. And the reason why, I, Patrick Mahomes, I respect him more than any quarterback, except maybe Tom Brady. That I've, and I've seen Montana, I've seen them all, okay, and when they were playing. Patrick Mahomes gets you out of trouble with his feet. He gets you out of trouble because he can get extra time in the pocket running around, and he makes better throws on the run than any quarterback in football. I just uh, I, I think Kansas City will beat San Francisco. If I told you that the Chiefs were going to Baltimore for the AFC Championship game and they would not score a point in the second half, would they win or lose? I'd say they probably lose. And because of Steve Spagnolo, they won. Exactly. And the defense. Defense. That's a new new version. That's why it it it, it should be considered a dynasty. It's cuz you won when you didn't have a defense and now you're winning when your offense is sputtering and struggling to score. So you figure how to win and how to maintain that success. So that's, how, how about this? This was absolutely awesome. Zay Flowers, the super talented rookie wide receiver who made, well, he scored their touchdown yesterday on that long bomb from Jackson, makes a fantastic catch on a long pass, and then he gets up and stands over Legereus Sneed, spins the ball, gets called for taunting, okay? Sneed. Then as he's going in for the touchdown, reaching the ball out to the goal line, guess who punches it out and they recover in the end zone with Jerry Sneed <laughs> and karma is served on a hot silver platter. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what they'll say is what goes around comes around. And it came around. Yeah. And uh, but he, they, they he, was in, two, he was in tears after Two the entertaining football games, didn't you think? I mean, Absolutely. In different types of games. In the playoffs, the NFL delivers a it game. It showed me, though, what experience, what been there, done that, won both games. San Francisco didn't panic when they trailed by 17. It was imperative they come out and scored the first half, a second half. And how many and big... And Purdy looked magnificent. How many big games has Steve Spagnolo coached in? As a defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Not as a head coach. I don't like either. him as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, he's been good. Remember, he was Super Bowl championships with the Giants, and yeah. now a chance for another one with the Chiefs. And I've been critical of Spagnolo. I know. But I just don't, I don't know. But you give credit where it's How due. you coach a better defensive game than he did yesterday. I don't either. And, and here's and he one had thing. Jackson, he had Jackson... I mean, struggling with himself. You know what I was scared of most as a Chiefs fan? Designed runs 
by Lamar Jackson. They didn't hardly run any design runs for him. When the week before in the second half he just gashed Houston, he ran for 100 yards on design run plays. They didn't hardly call any of those. You know, those, that's what I was most afraid of was the legs of Lamar Jackson. Late in that game, Jackson went over. The game wasn't over, but he went over and rammed his helmet into the ground. That was after he threw the interception. You know, in the third quarter, it's still a football game, and I see Lamar Jackson over on the sideline sitting on the bench with his jacket with a coat on. It wasn't that cold there. And a face mask, the, the, the face sock or whatever, you know, the stocking cap over his face, instead of walking down the sideline encouraging his teammates like Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and these leaders do in big games, he was sitting over there on the bench with his jacket on. Well, both teams with experience, that's why I say been there, done that. San Francisco has been there. Kansas City has been there. It's just like in boxing. You step in the ring. And you're flamboyant, you know, like Ali always was, and a lot of other boxers, mouthing off. And all at once you get hit with a left hook or an uppercut or something, and it stuns you. Doesn't knock you down, doesn't knock you out. All at once you realize that, hey, I can be hit, you know, I can be hurt. And I didn't, and how do you react then? What do you do? And I didn't think Jackson reacted very well, and, and I, I didn't think Detroit acted reacted very well in that game. But you had two teams that's been the Super Bowl, another matchup, San Francisco, Kansas City. They didn't panic. They knew what to do. They made the plays when they had to do. I thought Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers played great. And that's a little surprising to me. Because the first the first half of the season, what Kansas City at one time eight and six, something like that, and uh, but they didn't play eight and six yesterday. They were they were they made it some outstanding catches and, um, but both teams won. And I tire of this because I've already heard this last night after the game, and then this morning as I was driving into the radio station. Some national sports talk guys getting mad at a guy like Kelsey or some of the Chiefs by saying, hey, everybody thought we were underdogs. People thought we were, our run was done. And they did. Sure they and, did. But, but the national sports talk show hosts say, no, we didn't. They're the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got Patrick Mahomes. No. I heard him saying, hey, this Chiefs team ain't going anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. They're just not good enough this year. They need to roll year. back the tape. Exactly. Because <laughs> I know for a fact I heard it several, not once and not by one guy, several times by a lot of people. And, and, and it is true. They haven't been as dominant this year. Just look at their offensive scoring numbers. But their defense. But when they have to, they get it done. And their defense gets it done. It was just That's a, one of the reasons why I think it'll be San Francisco. San Francisco's got a good defense, but you saw yesterday you make the catches, you make the plays, they can be scored on. Detroit. The Packers had them on the ropes, the Lions had them on the ropes, and give them credit, good teams yeah, find a way. But Kansas City get them on the ropes. Kansas City's got the defense to shut them down. They got the defense to at least stagger them in the in the point where they really struggled to score. And how about a little praise for Brock Purdy? He looked like Lamar. Oh, I, he looked like Lamar Jackson. That's what man. I said a while ago. Racing the ball down the field Look with great. his and legs. You know what? He can run. He's not. He's not slow at all. He can move. So, I thought he played well, very well. And so Patrick Mahomes threw one touchdown yesterday, and it was. To Taylor Swift's guy. Mahomes to throw against a four-man rush. Fires it near side to Kelsey. Comes back to the ball and holds it in. Touchdown, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes absolutely took duct tape and just wrapped the ball around the waist of Travis Kelsey for a 19-yard touchdown. Big, big catch by Kelsey. One of his 11 six postseason career touchdown catches for Travis Kelsey and a 
Let's face it. The numbers say he slowed down a little this year. He's getting older. Well, that was Taylor Swift. Well, slowing him down. He rolled back the years yesterday, and he looked like vintage Kelsey. You remember that everybody was saying that Kelsey's not the player he was. He's distracted. I think he showed that he's not distracted with anything. He's out there when he's on the football field. He's once he catches the ball, he's not done. If somebody gets him down, he's going to ram that shoulder right into the chest of somebody trying to tackle him. And he provoked Van Noy, who headbutted him down there, and they get a 15-yard penalty. Did you see him laughing? Yep. <laughs> I got you, buddy. <laughs> and then, I mean, let's face it, Baltimore killed itself there with that penalty, and then the defensive lineman who just reached out and whacked Mahomes across the face mask and it looked like Chiefs were going to go down and score and then they get two holding penalties now, on the same game, guy. I always say what's the turning point of the game? What's the key play? The fumble in the end zone. Yes. That was the key play of that game. If Baltimore scores there, got a different ball game. But he didn't. <laughs> and it, I, You know what I can't believe? The camera work, the video you've got after every play is unbelievable. I didn't know whether he fumbled it in the end zone or he fumbled it on the one. I couldn't really tell. They showed the replays. They get the side view. You could see the ball being punched out at the one and rolling in. I mean, it just it's amazing to me the angles they get on everything. And, uh the the video can't i don't know how it could be better do you than what it is it was fantastic but those two games i enjoyed both games i really wanted detroit to win and um i really wanted I, detroit I thought the, the best team to actually actually toughest team i still believe this was buffalo for kansas city Felt like Buffalo playing at home would be a tougher opponent than maybe even the Ravens because of Josh Allen. I always go to the quarterback. You get in the playoffs, buddy. That leader out there on the field's got to be him. And I thought Josh Allen. Now I know that Jackson, they you know had a great year. And just because he lost yesterday doesn't mean he's not a great quarterback. But he might learn a lot from yesterday's game. Still, the numbers are the numbers. He's played in six playoff games. He's lost four of them. Yeah. He can't get away from that. All right. And don't tell me Jackson is better than Mahomes. And that's what you hear all the time now. You know, Jackson has taken over as number one quarterback in football. No, he has not. And, uh, I, I mean. Who said that? Oh, I've heard it on pundits, on the shows of ESPN and stuff like that, that, the the theory is now that Jackson might be the best quarterback in football. I've You're, heard that a couple times. Then then the credibility of whoever said it is absolutely out the window. Yeah, they you know I, I remember I was driving home from this show. So that, well the show that comes on after the show or when I was driving over here, uh, Greeny. Now Greeny never never said it, but somebody I know Greeny didn't say it. I know what he said think, about Mahomes. I think what it was was uh, uh, an ex football player was was said it. Saying it and um, that does radio, sports, and TV. But I thought when that and when he said it, I laughed. I thought, "Wow, win something first, you know, win a Super Bowl or something before you start saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes." But you remember when they announced that Patrick Mahomes would be the quarterback next year, and a lot of people raised their eyebrows, you know, because. The Chiefs made up that decision before Patrick Mahomes even took over the following year. You remember? And can't remember who the quarterback was. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. And he didn't have a bad year the year before. He just He's the quarterback that wasn't ever going to reach a, a level of any nowhere near Patrick Mahomes. And I think the Chiefs knew that. They saw that in this young man before they ever really put all their chips on the table. Boy, they were not wrong. So I'm telling you now, I'm taking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because mainly it's not because Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey. I'll give you all the credit in the world for those two guys. 
But I think Kansas City's defense is not recognized as good as it is. And I think San Francisco will have trouble scoring against Kansas City. And and Kansas City, honestly, they can get the ball down the field almost against anybody. So I I think they'll beat San Francisco. And remember in 2019 when they played each other in Super Bowl 54, the Chiefs entering the fourth quarter, Jess, in that game, were down 20 to 10. Okay? Scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to beat the 49ers 31-20. Now, that was four years ago. But they have recently played in a Super Bowl. So I am uh, I'm fired up. Now, the Chiefs are underdogs. The opening bet or the opening line on ESPN bet was two and a half. Jess, then it went to two. And at least when I was looking at it this morning before the show, it's down to one. 49ers are a one-point favorite over the Chiefs. If I was going to bet on the game, even up, you don't get any point spreads or anything else, I'd still take Kansas City. And I know San Francisco has really had a great year. But I think Detroit should have beat them. I think if the coaching was different at Detroit, I think they would have they would have beaten San Francisco if they had a different coach. I mean, if Not you, that this guy's if, not a good if, coach. If I'm just, not knocking if, him as a coach. I mean, you can make the argument that if you just coached a fairly conservative game plan in the second half of the game... You You're win. up 17 points. There are only two times in a championship game where a team has blown bigger leads. There, there have been two 18-point leads blown in a championship game. This was 17. And see, mentally, I always judge the psychological sides of games and what uh, what reaction you get, Where the what, what's the team thinking. When you go out there and you spend eight minutes of the third period – and you're right where you started. <laughs> you went down the field. You couldn't get a touchdown, but you did get a field goal. The other team comes down the field. They don't get a touchdown, but they get a field goal. You killed eight minutes. See, that's my theory. You play, you played eight minutes, and you right back where we started. So what does San Francisco think? They got a field goal. They go to chop into the lead a little bit. They think, well, no, no. we They give up a field goal. Now we're right back where we started. It's kind of a frustrating type of thing. When you're behind, I've been in that spot so many times in my life, you know. We're down three. All at once, we had a three-run homer in the sixth. Now we're down one. We got the momentum. We think we're going to do something. Oh, wait a minute. Somebody hits a two-run homer for them the very next inning. That kind of feeling. Well, we got still got a lot of wood to talk. I think that sets in at some point in any athlete that what we're doing is frustrating. Also... Everything is focused on Dan Campbell. If Jameer Gibbs doesn't freaking fumble and the 49ers end up scoring, and if the defensive back trying to stay with Brandon Ayuk catches an interception that hits him in the freaking face mask and it bounces to Ayuk for the catch, if he makes that catch and intercepts the football, those are two huge mistakes and the drop, the two drops that we talked about, same guy. Yeah, so it just wasn't it. all Do, Do, Dan Campbell, okay? No, it was not. It never, it never is just one person. I mean, you can always point to one person, but you know, you got twenty-two guys out there on that field, offensively and defensively, and they all contribute or they all detract, you know, from a game. Now, the big question now is Taylor Swift has a concert in Tokyo, and obviously... Maybe Kelsey's going to go, you think? She doesn't fly American Airlines. (laughs) So, getting back for the Super Bowl, uh, they've already charted it. Some guy on Twitter, I forget who it was, um, basically did all the math, and she can make it on Saturday evening, I believe she can make it to Las Vegas. 
uh, private jet after the concert, time difference between the two countries. Uh, there's a chance she can make it for the Super Bowl, Jess. That's the important thing. Well, I think if you ask Travis Kelsey, he, he would sure like her to be there. Because I think what their feelings for each other is real. They can make up all they want to stories. I think uh, she showed that when she's down on the field. Did you see that after the game? You could not see it. I just think that what they got, it may not, it may blow up. You know, most big relationships like that does, but I'm not going to knock her. She she's she's got a guy she likes and loves his performance and everything else. Proud of him. She come down on the field and they're hugging each other and everything, having a good time. Why not? Just because you got money and you got fame does not mean that you can't be a good person and you can't enjoy life on the little things. I think that's what makes her kind of attractive to most people, that she is enjoying the good times of life with someone. And that's what it's all about. I don't care what money you got or anything else. You find somebody that you're happy with and you have a good time together, why criticize them? All right. This Do you is... think it's phony, her going down on the field? Of and course good... not. So... This is how it ended last night at Enterprise. Knocked down in front by Buchnevich. Shen behind the defense gets it. Here he comes. Shen chokes. He scores! Shen again! This is getting crazy. <laughs> oh. The Blues captain with an absolute missile. What a goal. That is three straight games by the identical score of 4-3 in overtime. Yeah. Well, the Blues look like a playoff team right now. Well, if the season ended today, they are a playoff team. You know, and they got 34 games left, I think, and see what they can do the rest of the season. But, you know, when you get momentum, and especially in the second half of the season, and you get the crowd all into it, looking forward to games. You can't wait to get to the eyes. You know how that is in sports. It's just that way. And the Blues right now are playing. You remember when I talked about the power play and Blues were struggling, couldn't do anything? I said, that doesn't make sense. I said, because they really got good people on that power play. They've really got outstanding scores out there with Thomas Muchnevich people like that on that power play they should be better well it has turned the corner now it one, one for six last night it doesn't matter yeah but they were what eight, nine for 23 before that and it's been a, it's been a big improvement on their power play they got two in one game twice in the last 10 games so that's a part of their game. They were not successful at all. and But there was no reason it shouldn't be successful because the talent they would put out there on the, especially the first two units of the power play. We'll see what Marty has to say about it. Sure, I always right. like Marty. The Love Shack will join us when we come back. It's a Monday Marty party on the Sports Huddle. Simo ESPN. It's the Sports Huddle on Simo ESPN, twelve twenty AM, ninety three five FM. And you can find us online at Simo ESPN. Dot com. Time for the Monday Marty Party. The Love Shack Marty Michau joins us on the EBOMD Huddle Hotline. Marty, how was your weekend? Man, probably as good as you guys. What a day yesterday watching football, man. You guys pretty well covered it all, but what two great games, man. You know, I actually like that day yesterday almost more than I do the Super Bowl. Super Bowl gets dragged out. The halftime's about an hour long, and these are actually two regular games. You know, halftime's about normal. They're perfectly spaced out. You got barely a little break in the 
between games and man, and those were two, those two delivered. Those were two exceptional games. You know, I I don't want to be called a racist by these ESPN analysts because I still question uh, Lamar Jackson, Marty. But you know, we talked about it last week. I want to see late in a game in the postseason. Lamar needs to take his team down the field, whether he can stand in the pocket and make a throw, and I still haven't seen it. I agree. We talked to and I mentioned, you know, his stats and all these plays. Sometimes you can lose playoff games, and like Josh Allen has lost a bunch of playoff games where he's played great in, you know what I mean, where it wasn't his – you can't really say, well, they didn't win that game because Josh Allen had a bad game and most – Lamar Jackson just – his stats and playoff games have been horrible, and we talked about it. And I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's a great story. A lot of people didn't think he could even play quarterback in the NFL. They thought he'd be a wide receiver, and he's had a great year. But, man, he has just fizzled in the playoffs, and uh, that's the way it is. I mean, the great quarterbacks rise up like Mahomes. In, in three, these three playoff games, I don't think Mahomes has made one glaring mistake. He hasn't had a turnover. They said in his last six playoff games, I think he's taken like five sacks or something. He doesn't get sacked. And part of the reason I think the Chiefs didn't score in the second half, I'm not saying Baltimore has a great defense too, but the Mahomes knows so well how to read a game and how it's going. You know what I mean? He, wasn't, he knew his defense was playing great. The Chiefs were up 17-7. to he wasn't going to be swinging the ball all over and putting the ball in harm's way. That's part of a great quarterback, too. I have no doubt if that game had gotten super tight earlier, he would have. They would have scored more points. But uh, but anyway, yeah. Look, I mean, great. The face of the franchise quarterback. You're going to take your criticism if you don't play well in the playoffs. And so far, Lamar Jackson hadn't played well in the playoffs. Hey, Patrick Mahomes was fabulous in the first half, and I think just as fabulous in the second half. Somehow the term game manager is a slam on a quarterback. Uh, No. What did Patrick Mahomes do in the second half, Jess? He managed the football game. Absolutely. That's what I just said. He managed the clock. I mean, he knows exactly how long he can be out there if he gets a first down and what they're going to do. You know, he's a master out there, and I don't care – it doesn't make any difference to me if you want to say somebody else is better or somebody else in the past has been better. Tom Brady would certainly have to go down as maybe the best quarterback ever right now. But I think Mahomes could eventually even be considered better than Brady. I was listening to some shows yesterday morning and just some radio shows and people, and Mahomes will probably – never reached the achievements Brady has as far as all those Super Bowls. Although you never know if they win another one and now it's looking like they got a good chance. That's three already. He's only 28. But it's probably going to be hard to win seven Super Bowls. It's just unheard of. So maybe achievement-wise in that area, he won't get to Brady. But there's a lot of growing case already, as young as he still is. A lot of people are making the case that he might be the greatest quarterback ever. I've heard a bunch of that, haven't you guys? I'd have to be in that discussion. And, and, you know, I've always looked at guys like, if I debate somebody, what could be my strong points and where, you know, where could I go with uh, Brady or Mahomes? Uh, right now, I think Brady would be tough to beat in a debate. If you had a debate and you take Brady and I take Mahomes, it'd be tough to beat you. But he's getting in the conversation. Now, I think he's at the point where if he wins this Super Bowl and maybe gets in another one in the next two years or three, you got to say, hey, you know, maybe he didn't have the defense that New England had all those years. But I, I think you've got to consider where he's at in his career. It's at six seasons in the National Football League, and he is 28 years old. He's six for six in going to AFC Championship games. He's 13-3 and three in the playoffs. His only losses, two to Tom Brady. Uh, Brady late in his career with the Patriots when they beat him at Arrowhead. And all all the Chiefs had to do was not have Frank Clark jump off sides and they go to the Super Bowl. They would have won that game. Well, they lost to Brady. And then Brady beat him in the Super Bowl where the Chiefs' two starting tackles were injured and he was running for his life. And then Joe Burrow 
and you go back and you look at at postseason performances by Patrick Mahomes, he's had one bad performance the second half against the Bengals at home when Burrow beat him and Burrow took him to the Super Bowl. He was not good. Every other half of football that he has played in the playoffs, Marty, he has been terrific. His playoff numbers are off the charts. And uh, just think, I mean, to go, just go to the Super Bowl four times in five years, that's almost unheard of. And if they win a third – only 28 years old, you got to think in the next 10 years, if he stays healthy, he's probably going to have a good probably 10 more years or 8 to 10 more years. And I don't know how long Reed wants to coach. I think Andy Reed's a big part of it. But uh, you got to think if they win another one now to make it three and over the next 8 to 10 years, they could win a couple more. So when you're getting five and, and your stats will probably be way better than Brady's stats overall if you play another healthy eight to ten years. So, because uh, people forget Brady's early years, he was kind of the, the Patriots weren't really winning those Super Bowls because of him. You know what I mean? He, he, he was brought along kind of slow and then he took off and they were winning a lot because of him. But the Chiefs have basically been winning so much of this from from the get-go when Mahomes became the starter because of him. Although this year, and, and I will say, roll back to Tampa, we all thought about halfway through the season, well, this isn't going to be the key year. But I did say, and this wasn't a big, bold prediction. I didn't make a prediction. I did say, A, you never count Mahomes out, and B, the one thing that gives Chiefs fans hope is because how good their defense is. I said that early in the year. And, and basically, the defense has, I'm not saying they're going to care. The defense has been at least 50%, if not more responsible, the Chiefs going this far, don't you think? Absolutely. And, you know, some of those ESPN pundits uh, were once again talking about Josh Allen can't win the big game, just doesn't deliver in the club. He played terrifically against the Chiefs. And you go back two years ago, Marty, Josh Allen was outstanding. I mean, in the overtime loss to the Chiefs, so much so they changed the overtime rule because of that game. They had the lead. They're going to win the game with 13 seconds left. If they squib kick the football, everybody is praising Josh Allen. He couldn't have played any better. They don't squib kick. 13 seconds. Mahomes gets them into field goal range, and they win the game. Nothing on Allen. Uh, Lamar Jackson has not played like that in any playoff game like Josh Allen did last week or two years ago in the AFC title game at Arrowhead. He was magnificent in that game. You know, I said earlier, Marty, I don't know if he's listening to the show, but I said earlier in the show today that I thought, at least in my mind, I thought Buffalo would be the tough team to get get by in the playoffs, even over uh, the Ravens. Because in that condition, you remember the conditions of, the, of that uh, temperature and everything else there, and then the quarterback Josh Allen. Uh, you you know how he's probably going to play. I thought that would be a tougher job to get to the championship game than it would be if they if they you know they I thought they would beat the Ravens, but I I wasn't sure, and I think I even said it. You can roll back the tape because I think I said I thought Buffalo would win the game over Chiefs. But that shows you more about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, well, to Eric's point, what are you saying about? Yeah, you you can't just make a blatant statement quarterback can't win a big game because the team lost. You got to look at how the guy plays and what happens at the end. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't lead that 13 second drive to send to overtime, Allen would go down as one of the best single game performances for that game. But yep. it's kind of a footnote because they end up losing the game. But uh. And yet, and one thing I didn't understand about yesterday's game, the people on the radio or TV this morning, I always kind of listen to those early morning shows when I get up. But uh, and, and some people thought maybe Lamar really wanted to prove a point that he could throw from the pocket like the great quarterback. People question why didn't they run design runs Jackson Moore? They hardly did that all game, and that's one of his big strengths. I know they do, they don't do as much design runs. As early as career, he does a lot of his stuff on scramble. They did last week. They called design runs in the second half against Houston. That's the thing I was most scared of, and I, I just didn't see it. I, that's what the people were saying, you know. Well, and uh, they they were talking about how 
when and, and how how great a job Purdy did in crunch time late in that game when things weren't open, he took off and, and made quick decisions. They said Lamar just was almost like stubborn to stay in the pocket and almost like he wanted to prove, you know what I mean, that that he's a pocket passer like other people, but and the Chiefs credit when when he scrambled on not design runs, Chiefs did a great job on not because how many games during the season do you see him not on a design run, but just when when there's nobody open, he gets out of the pocket, he runs for 40, 50 yards. The Chiefs defense is fast, and they did a great job. But, yeah, I mean, man, if they would have called more of those design runs, it could have turned the game. But any game that's close, both those games, Jesse, you could always pick out a hand. Like Jess was saying earlier, and everybody's saying, and it was a great play by Sneed. But if he doesn't strip the ball and it's a touchdown, it's 17-14 with a lot of time left. Who knows how that game goes? Well, Patrick, Patrick. Several games in the second game, several plays. Who knows how that game goes? But I agree with Eric, man. Brock Purdy's shown more and more. He's not just a game manager either. Because a game manager could not – I don't care how many mistakes the Lions made. You had to have a damn good quarterback to pull that game out. Same way, too, last week, he had to lead that last drive or they don't get to this point. So, although I will say this, on paper, in the Super Bowl, this is kind of a quarterback mismatch on paper, isn't it? On it is paper. to me. <laughs> and I'll say this also about Lamar Jackson. What makes him an elite quarterback, Marty, is his ability to throw and run the football. If he wants to stand in the pocket and be a pocket guy – he is no longer an elite quarterback in my eyes if he strictly is a pocket guy because what makes him great is his ability to throw from the pocket and to run. That's what makes him elite. If he stands yep. in the pocket, I just don't think he's an elite quarterback. I agree. Double threat. That's what he's got to oh, yeah. use and know he, that that's he, part of his game. He's a good quarterback from the pocket, but he's not a special quarterback unless you add the other dimension. Part of his game is scrambling yes. and getting out of the pocket and making I, something happen. It's just like Mahomes. Come on. I mean, well, he's a great passer, but Mahomes' strength is also getting out of the pocket. On and, third and down, running. when nobody's open, Mahomes always runs for a first down. He, he knows exactly. And, uh, and he's not fast at all. He's not quick. He just has such a feel how to do it. I mean, all the great quarterbacks, it seems like they got – and Tenny in their head, you know what I mean, behind them where they can feel and see everything, even though you're wondering how did he see that. But anyway, yeah, he, he is unbelievable. I don't know Do if I've ever how, seen how, – I want to say this. How lucky are, you know, the people around this area who adopted the Chiefs as their team when the Rams left, how lucky are they that they got in on a golden age of, like, football? Can you imagine if the Chiefs were like the Royals? And 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 Cape fans are looking for a team. Who who would be rooting for the Royals? Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying I I know the Cardinals would never leave. But say the situation was that with baseball. Hey Jess, would you have jumped on the Royals bandwagon? I'm afraid not. But you know, talking about my homes. I love your fans though that love the Chiefs. That they got in on such a great era of Chiefs football. You know, uh, Mark. Um, Marty, I've said this a lot of times, and you have probably have written about it. Some athletes, the game slows down for them. They, and I think Mahomes, his vision on the field, what he sees, is better than almost everybody's quarterback. Because when he runs for first downs, he knows where where to go. He knows how to get out of bounds. He he's just a, he's just a professional. At that stuff, and I don't, um, I don't know how anybody could rate anybody ahead of him that's playing now. Marty, I, heard you. I, I agree. Marty, the uh, the Red Hawk basketball teams were swept at Little Rock. Two really close games that went down to the wire. That men's game, thirteen lead changes. Simo held Little Rock to one of eleven from three point range. Uh, but Little Rock was able to get 44 points in the paint and outscore Simo 11 to three from the free throw line to win a close game. But uh, uh, a tough loss uh, for the Red Hawks because they were right there with a chance to win that basketball game. 
I thought they might pull it out like they did against SIUE, where, you know, SIU kind of let them hang around. They couldn't ever deliver that knockout. And I thought, and they had their chances to make those plays like they did against SIU. They didn't do it. But, uh, you know, SEMO, and we've all seen most of their games. Eric's seen every of their games. Jess has probably seen most of them like me. SEMO's, I'm not saying they're, the you know, one of the top two or three teams in the OVC. But they got way better talent than they've played most of the year. So you got to think one of these days it's going to, and I'm not talking about on a one game basis, you got to think it's going to start clicking where they can put a decent streak together. Now's a good time because they go to Lindenwood and then they have three straight home games. So now's a good time to maybe, just so you get a little, I'm not, they're probably too late in the season to challenge for one of those top few spots. But you want to get a little streak going where you don't, where you're not in danger in the last couple weeks of the season and not even making the tournament. And I'll say this, Lindenwood, they go there Tuesday. Seymour hasn't won a road game all year. The only OVC men's team not to win a road game. If they don't win that game, I'm not going to knock Lindenwood, but other than the game they beat Seymour, Lindenwood hasn't even come close to one. They haven't been close to another OVC win other than that game. Their two closest losses in OVC have been nine points. Everything else has been double digits. If SEMO gets swept this year by a horrible Lindenwood team, they should probably just end the season right now. Now, I know you know, I'm joking saying that, but you know what I mean, Eric? I mean, I'm not saying SEMO's going to win any other game the rest of the year as far as predicting what game. But I'll be stunned if they don't beat Lindenwood Tuesday night. Yeah, and hopefully it uh, it kickstarts something positive with the three home games coming up after that. Uh, the Red Hawk women, Marty, they certainly played well enough to win, and just out of the blue, they're one of the elite free-throw shooting teams in the OVC, Marty. Third best. They've got the top free-throw shooter in the league, the third best free-throw shooter in the league, and out of nowhere, they went 9 of 21 from the free-throw line. That was the ball game. Yeah, that was stunning. I was watching that game on ESPN Plus, and, and some of their good free throw shooters are missing, you know. I mean, you're, obviously you're not going to make every one, but if you hit your average, you know, you probably have a good chance to win that game. And uh, and this is and you got to give Little Rock credit the way they play, but it, this, this is probably not nearly as good as Little Rock team they had last year. And I think without their point guard, they really were turning all over the ball a lot. I, I guess she's missed the last couple games, but uh, – I still like the way Simo's women have been playing. I think they got a really good chance to, to win a bunch of these last uh, whatever, how many games, nine, ten games that are left. What else, Marty? I want to say one thing. I know we don't talk a lot. Saturday, I watched so much college basketball during the day, and I was lying down in the evening. I was flipping around. I started watching that Lakers-Warriors game. I don't know if you guys saw that game. That was that crazy. Was one of the best regular season NBA games I've seen in years. Did you catch any of that, Jess? No, I did not. Did you hear about it? No, I did not. Double overtime. LeBron hits two free throws at the end of the second overtime, and the Lakers won by one. It was like 146-145. Kind of like the All-Star game. Steph Curry hit a couple those regulations in overtime. He hit these long threes to force. I mean, it was just back and forth. It was an unbelievable game. But anyway, I had to throw that in there. Probably one of the few NBA references we'll have till the playoffs. 46 points in that game for uh, for Steph Curry. Uh, all right, Marty, we will uh, we'll tee it up again next Monday if you're available. I'm always available for you guys. I'm usually available for you guys. I won't say always. All right, keep your shirt on. <laughs> all right, see you guys. All right. Hello, Shaq. Marty Michau. Just hello to the radiant and ravishing Dawn Sean, she just wrapped up three straight 12-hour shifts, and she's got the day off today, so uh, she'll be relaxing. Hope she has a wonderful day. Uh, don't forget, we've got the coaches show at Jackson today. We'll talk it over with Red Hawks head coach Brad Korn. Got a final uh, nugget for us? I want to say hi to my kids, too. My girls are going to be in Cape this weekend, whoop, starting whoop. W- starting Wednesday. Whoop, whoop. So we're going to have a great time. And, uh, we always have a great time. My family does. We're going to celebrate Christmas. Can you believe that? Because Michelle couldn't get here and everything else. And 
families will go to two different directions, all that. We just said, well, we'll celebrate when we can all get together. So this is going to be the weekend. So the kids get another round of Christmas here on in late January. So it's going to be a, a fun time for me. And uh, say hi to my little girl, Neva, the piano player down at Lambert's. She's uh, after surgery. She's doing pretty good. Uh. I'll read this one. <clears throat> and the one that I read all the time, I say is my favorite, was written, written by William Butler Yeats, great writer. And it goes, think where a man's glory most begins and ends. Say that my glory was I had such a friend. Well, that that's wrong of his original writing of that poem or philosophy. The real way he wrote it was, and I'm the one that changed it. I said, such a friend. He wrote it, think where man's glory most begins and ends. My glory is I had such friends. Well, plural. But I like my version better. <laughs> I had such a friend, because you can designate it for one person that way. Thumbs up on my end. <laughs> Jess? You, you like my end or William Butler Yates? No, I like yours better. Oh, I do too. See you tomorrow. All right. Stay tuned. Greenies up next. Coach's show in Jackson at noon. Greenies coming up.